grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't like weeds. And, and frankly, I don't really like the work that goes into having to pull out weeds all that much either. I don't like the weeds, but I also don't like putting in the work to get rid of the weeds. But I have an area of my yard that's gotten a little bit out of control over the last couple of years. In one of our flower beds, we had this herb that was planted in order to be kind of an ornate flowering ground cover thing. Well, let's just say it made its way out of the flower bed and into the grass, and the grass was no match for this herb, and it just started spreading and spreading. And over the last couple of years, I've watched this problem developing, and I've thought about potential solutions to the problem. I've researched ideas of what I could do. I've even taken a shovel and dug up little parts of it here and there. The hard thing about this weed, though, is, you know, some might not even say it's all that much of a weed. It, honestly, if you walk on it, it actually feels kind of nice under the feet. It's soft and it's squishy. My kids actually enjoy playing in that part of the yard because of the way that it feels. (laughs) And honestly, because it's an herb, it actually kind of smells a little bit nice. However, It is where it's not supposed to be, and so by my definition, that makes it a weed. And so finally, the time came to get, well, how do they say it, to the root of the problem. And so I spent some time, and I got rid of the weed. Hands and knees digging and digging, a full day's worth of digging. My plan, dig it all up get rid of it, put some fresh dirt and grass seed down, and plant something new. As I spent a whole day laboring in the dirt and in the weeds, back-breaking <laughs> labor, I was reminded over and over again that this is what repentance is like. Repentance in its truest form, is ripping out the sin within us down to the roots and throwing it away. True repentance is not all that fun. It's often painful. We often don't want to go there. Often we'd rather blame somebody else for our problems instead of taking responsibility and we'd rather ignore our own faults and frailties and point the finger at somebody else. It's definitely easier not to repent. It's easier not to dig up the weeds of our sin, but repentance means pulling the weeds, ripping them out from deep within and turning to God and asking for God to plant something new within us. Plant in us His love, His grace, and His peace. If we want new life, we need to get rid of the old one. Over the last few weeks, I've been boldly 
preaching to you about the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord. I truly believe the words that I've been proclaiming to you, and I'm so grateful that God dropped these words into our lives at this time because these words that we've been focusing on from 1 Peter, these words were written to a troubled people, to a marginalized group of people, to a persecuted and hurt and sick people. And Peter wrote to them and said, repent from your old self, repent from your old ways and turn to Jesus Christ, the one who bore your sin on the tree and who rose victoriously. Turn to Jesus, cling to his living hope. Cling to the living hope of Jesus Christ, my friends. I'm so grateful for these words from Peter especially for us in this time that we find ourselves. Because honestly, we need this living hope. Because the world that I've been watching over the last number of months and weeks and even days and hours is a world that makes me just say, ugh. This is sad. It's sad. It's sad that hundreds of thousands of people worldwide have died from this disease called COVID-19. And it is sad that just as many people have been affected, their livelihoods, their places of work, their, their seeming purpose in this world has been lost and destroyed. And on top of that, I see ugliness and hatred and words of divisiveness spoken, people being so short and angry and bitter with one another, so cruel in their sinful thoughts and actions and inactions. And it's sad when I look at my hometown, in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, over the last week and days and hours, struggling in an absolute uproar over the murder of an African-American man named George Floyd by a Minneapolis city police officer. An absolute tragedy, heartbreaking and the response has been one of outrage and frustration and sadness. And the responses have been numerous and divided. It is plaguing not only now the city of Minneapolis, but cities across our beloved country. And I say it is just sad. I don't know if there's another word for it. But that's the best that I can come up with today. But I'm grateful, as Paul writes in Romans, that the Spirit of the living God intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. And so I'd like to just pause right here in the middle of this sermon and, and pray 
for our world. Would you please join me? Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Father, give us grace to trust you during this time of illness and distress. Put an end to the coronavirus that afflicts our world. Grant relief to those who suffer and comfort those who mourn. Sustain the medical personnel in their labors and cause your people to serve others in need. Father, you know the shock and sorrow of the events over the last few days in Minneapolis and now spread across our country. We cry out to you for comfort, shelter, and protection. Mercifully embrace the frightened in your love. Empower the weak with your strength. Restrain the wicked by your might and preserve the righteous in your grace. Give us peace to turn tragedy to triumph. Please, Lord, be with those who seek to bring rescue and relief. Give them courage in danger, skill in difficulty, and compassion in service. Sustain them with bodily strength and calmness of mind that they may perform their work to the well-being of those in need so that lives may be saved and communities restored. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For the last five weeks, we've been listening to a well-experienced Peter, a man who's lived life and been pastoring people for years. Those are the words we've heard as he spoke to us in 1 Peter, but today and next week as we will continue the narrative from Acts chapter 2, we get to hear Peter in his very first sermon on the day of Pentecost. It was 10 days ago that Jesus was last with his disciples. Jesus had presented himself alive again, giving convincing proofs to people that he rose from the dead. He had been doing that for 40 days, and then Jesus gathered his disciples together, and he spoke clearly to them. And he told them, I want you to remain in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes to you. This was not the only time that Jesus had promised the Spirit to them. He had done it multiple times. You can read about it in the Gospel of John. But finally, Jesus gave his last directive to his disciples and he said this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then Jesus ascended into heaven. And his disciples gazed into heaven, dumbfounded, in shock, wondering, where did he go? What are we supposed to do? We had him for three years. He died. We grieved. He rose. We rejoiced. Now this, what are we supposed to do? Thank God for the angels that God sent and said to those disciples, men, why do you stare into the sky? Don't you know that he will come in the same way that you saw him go? Now listen to him and go and remain in Jerusalem. So that's what the disciples did. They listened to Jesus and they stay in Jerusalem. And it's convenient that they did 
because it's what they were supposed to do anyways. This time of year was the one-day harvest celebration, the Jewish festival called Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost is a Jewish festival. Literally, it means 50th day, the 50th day after Passover. If you remember, it was 50 days ago already was that week of Passover when Jesus was arrested and crucified. 50 days. It's kind of amazing that we've been doing this and staying at home for that long. But 50 days ago was Passover, and the Jews returned to Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost, a harvest festival. And that's why it says in Acts chapter 2 that people from every nation under heaven were gathered in the city of Jerusalem. They were gathered there because it was a pilgrimage festival. So here they are, the disciples of Jesus Christ, huddled together in a room in Jerusalem for 10 days waiting, waiting for this so-called promise of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. I don't, I don't know if they knew exactly what they were waiting for, but they were waiting. And on this particular day, something like a mighty rushing wind came into that room and filled them up. It filled them up and their eyes were open to understand the scriptures and something like tongues of fire rested on their heads. But even more bewildering and amazing than that, they stepped outside on the city streets and they started proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, that he is the Messiah who rose from the dead. And even more than that, even more than the fact that these fearful followers of Jesus stepped foot into a tumultuous city street, more than that, they could speak in other languages. Fifteen languages are mentioned in the gospel lesson today, and they're speaking, and the people are hearing. People from all over the known world are hearing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the grace and the love and the mercy that comes through his death and resurrection. Now, some people who are witnessing this mock them. They mock them. They say, oh, they're just filled with new wine. But others, listen. And as Peter speaks that day, by the end of the day, 3,000 people repent and are baptized and believe in Jesus Christ. 3,000 people. And you know who these people are? People from every nation, all kinds of people, all kinds of language groups, all kinds of backgrounds, believing in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is diversity in the body of Christ And by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of Jesus Christ alone, there is unity in this diversity, in this family of God. Those people from all those nations, they didn't come to Jerusalem in particular seeking Jesus. But when the power of the Holy Spirit showed up and the true grace of Jesus Christ was proclaimed, the people had to listen. Because when the Spirit works, the Spirit works. 
The Holy Spirit, when arriving in our lives, humbles us and changes us. And when the Holy Spirit changes us according to Christ, the old must be ripped out and the new must be planted. And that newness of life in Jesus Christ is what we have been called to spread throughout the world as witnesses of Jesus Christ, bringing help to the hurting and light to the darkness, bringing restoration to the brokenness, bringing healing to this troubled world. It's what we've been called to do to plant this new life of Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit. But it begins with us, God's people. It begins with us getting to the root of our own sinful problem and pulling out the weeds, pulling out the roots and giving them to Jesus. We need to repent always. We need to repent from our acts of overreaction and inaction. We need to repent of our hatred, our mischaracterization and misunderstanding of people. We need to repent of our indifference to the troubles in this world. We need to repent of our own pride, arrogance, anger, and fear, and the list goes on. We need to repent of all of it because when we do, and we turn to Jesus instead, the Holy Spirit will invade our lives and fill us with forgiveness and peace and hope. Our desire will be to rip out the weeds daily and turn to Christ and be planted anew. We will desire to grow in that love and spread that grace to the world. So my friends, pull out the weeds. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Proclaim Jesus and pray without ceasing. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.